yeah, I appreciate you uh, coming on with me today. Um, uh, John Steven Stansel. Am I saying that correctly? That's correct. Yes. All right. Very cool. Digital media specialist, University of Central Arkansas. And I got to say, John, your Twitter feed is on fire. You do a lot of great, uh, you know, just tweets for people that are running social media feeds. You know, a lot of good, like kind of pick your head up type of stuff because it's been a really kind of just tough year, interesting year in 2020 for, you know, higher ed brands and other, you know, nonprofit brands to say the right message and also kind of be in the right moment, I guess. And so um, you've been definitely a resource to a lot of people in the community. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, more than anything, you know, um, before all this started, I kind of set a challenge for myself just to tweet at least once a day something about social media marketing. And that was pre-pandemic. And, uh, you know, the more I did it, it became more of a resource for me of like a way to kind of get some of these ideas and some of these feelings out a little bit. And then to see and to kind of develop a community of other social media managers and understand that one, you know, we're all kind of in this together and going through the same thing and being able to kind of lean on each other as a resource has been incredibly helpful for, for, for me. And I'm glad to see that it's helping other people as well. For sure. Um, talk a little bit about like your background and, and just how you, you kind of got into uh, digital media and social media and stuff like that. Uh, so my plan originally was to uh, get my PhD in teach literature. My master's okay. degree is in, in, in English, and um, I was teaching English as a second language and applying to PhD programs. And this was in 2008, and I started noticing all my students weren't paying attention to me. The iPhone had just come out the previous year. They were, you know, Twitter was picking up, and uh, Facebook was getting just in its early infancy, and I, I didn't want to keep my students from using these tools. You know, a lot of other faculty were saying, you know, like Wyatt Earp in, in the movie Tombstone, just like collecting, like like you would collect pistols at the edge of town. Like <laughs> teachers were had a little basket, like put your cell phones in here. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I'm like, this is a tool we need to teach them how to use it. So I started using social media in my classes, creating Facebook groups for my classes, using when Facebook pages were created, I started promoting our program. Uh, and it kind of got the eye of a few folks on campus who said, Hey, why don't you come do this full time? Mm. And I did digital marketing or just overall marketing for our international office. Uh, it was one man marketing team, uh, really kind of decided social media is what I wanted to do full time. Um, and there wasn't a social media position at the university I was at and applied our position at Texas state university. Uh, mm -hmm. Did that for a couple of years, um, went to the Texas Department of Transportation for a year. And then mm -hmm. um, my, uh, the university I was at originally, University of Central Arkansas, created a social media position. And I applied for that and said, you know, kind of wanted to come home, uh, mm -hmm. do come back to higher ed after being in social media for government for a little bit. And it's kind of nice to kind of come full circle in my career. So, Yeah. Yeah, and you're definitely obviously helping out a space that you care about in higher ed um, and, you know, uh, creating that new pipeline of students that, that might come into the university. Um, so you're originally from Arkansas? Uh, yeah, I grew up here. This is my oh, hometown. I didn't go to the University of Central Arkansas, but it was always a part of me growing up. I, I took, you know, they had youth theater programs when I was a kid and, you know, 
was part of the university community when I was in high school and that sort of thing. So it's really nice to kind of be back, back in the hometown. Very cool. So I'm just interested in um, kind of like the state of the state in, in, in your, in your eyes of um, social media today and what you, uh, where you've seen it kind of evolve and where you think it might be going. Um, it's changed dramatically and it's always changing. I think that's one of yeah. the, the, the challenges of it, but also one of the exciting things about it. Um, you know, five years ago when I started doing this full time at Texas State University, uh, things were a lot different. Um, I think administration knew it was important to some extent because they were starting to create these full time positions, but they didn't really embrace it yet. Uh, which was a good and bad thing. It's a double-edged sword. You could get away with a lot more <laughs> and mm -hmm. had a lot more control over it. Um, but you couldn't, you know, they, they, they weren't quite as interested in what you were doing. You know, you yeah. couldn't really get the buy-in there. Now we've kind of got the double-edged sword swings the other way where yeah. they understand it's important and they want to have a little more control over it, which um, sometimes can prevent you from doing what needs to be done and having that conversation of leadership of, of why you're doing things, why you're posting things, why you're not posting certain things is really important. Having that open dialogue and being sure that leadership understands how mm -hmm. social media works beyond just going to one, you know, one conference session, a case or yeah. something else and going, Oh, I understand social media now you've scratched the surface, but we really right. need to dig down and have that education now. Yeah. They're all the, the, the channels are kind of um, their own, you know, social media platforms, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. Um, they're all kind of contextual to those particular platforms. So you have to be careful when you produce a piece of content. You have, you can't just, it's not just, I'm distributing this information to the masses. It's, I have to, kind of make this contextual to this audience. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And and it's, you've got to speak the language of each social media. Like the the big no-no that I still see some people do is having their their Twitter's their Twitter account linked to Facebook and to Instagram and when they post all it goes to all three at once and they're real proud of that. It's time saving. Like, well no, because I compare it, it's like you're going, you're speaking English in Quebec. Like Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are people there that are going to understand you, but that's not the language. Um, right. So we need to customize our our content for each platform and, and what audience we may have on each platform. And it's not universal uh, and it's not it's not universal from from campus to campus. You know, when I was on, uh, at Texas State, that was a Twitter university. It felt like every single student was on Twitter mm -hmm. um, and that was was our most popular channel. Here, back in Arkansas, we're a Facebook community. Every, you know, mm. it's Facebook, 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 and Twitter's not as popular, but we still have students there. Um, just different, you know, different communities, and we speak to them different ways on, on the various platforms. So there's no one-size-fits-all. So you don't want to, you know, hear somebody say, well, all the kids are on TikTok. Uh, start a yeah. TikTok account. Well, maybe maybe your students aren't there. Maybe that's not where they want you to reach them. So you, you need to do the research for your own institution and find out what works best for you rather than say, you know, oh, I heard giant university down the street loves Twitter. We should too. Well, maybe, maybe it works for them, but it might not work for you. Right. And so 
like what what is um what advice would you give to some of the i guess um peer universities that are looking to kind of get into um let's say some of those newer social media feeds like um um like a TikTok or even maybe an Instagram that they haven't utilized before what what would you uh advice would you give them my first would be look at what you already have and ask yourself if, if you're getting the results you want and, and doing all you can there and what resources you have before exploring okay. new, new avenues. Uh, because each one, you know, social media is not free. You know, it, it's free like a puppy is free. You can go pick one up at the, 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 the animal shelter, but you still got to feed it. You got to take care of it. It's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have the time and resources to devote to it to mm-hmm. do it well? And I, I, I subscribe to a philosophy of less but better. Like I would rather have fewer mm-hmm. really strong accounts who are really just doing a good job than be everywhere and not really be doing really great on any one of them particularly. So that's the first question to ask. Now, if you look at your accounts and say, hey, look, we're doing all of this really well. We're getting the results we want. We'd like to explore other areas. At that point, you know, you need to make a plan and say, well, why do we want to be here? What is our goal for being here? Rather than, mm. uh, you know, don't just say, hey, you know, TikTok's growing with high school students. We need to be there. Well, what do we want to share with them there? Uh, how are we going to reach them? What is our voice going to be there? Uh, really make a plan of action before you even create your first post. Mm. Uh, know that, ha- have a plan before going into it would be, be the biggest thing. It's planning, planning, planning. Yeah, I'm definitely noticing that, you know, I think that the the landscape's getting so crowded and that um, I think it's probably, it is probably smarter to do more quality, to do your, you know, your, your social media accounts well and do and create quality posts and content before you uh, go out and branch out and do other things to rather just kind of shotgun or machine gun approach of like just distributing as, as much information as possible because then you could wind up with you know because it is so permanent and it is being you know people can screen record and, and um screenshot and stuff like that it's there yeah. forever yeah it, it, it's it's always there and um we, we have to be be cognizant of that um, and, and quality over quantity is, is a big thing for me because I think one of the misconceptions that universities have about their social media is especially let's just because there's so many audiences. You've got your your admissions audience, you've got your alumni audience, you've got right. things that are targeted for that. fundraising. But we mm-hmm. have to remember whatever our target audience is. Just speaking from an admission standpoint, we're not competing with other schools in the marketplace of attention. We're competing with other schools. We're competing with Nike. We're competing with Kim Kardashian. We're competing with all these other other posts and other social media presences for the attention of our students. So, you know, some a, 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 a flyer that you made on Microsoft Publisher just isn't going to cut it when mm-hmm. it's sandwiched between a po- uh, just an epic mm-hmm. post from, from you know, a, a brand like Nike and, you know, uh, an influencer like Kim Kardashian, like yeah. you're just, they're going to scroll right past you. So you've got to have that quality. What's your take on um, student ambassadors um, having students create content? I love that idea. Um, 
you know, it, it lends an authentic voice. Um, students can see through inauthenticity. I can't talk this morning. Not being authentic, <laughs> they can see through it. Um, so it's really important that you know having having student ambassadors gives that real look at that. Um, you know, whenever I've used student ambassadors in the past, I provide some rough guidelines of what we'd like to see from them and what we definitely don't want to see see from them. But other than that, you've got to give them free reign to, to do what they want and, and be real and show the, the, the real side of your university. And, and even if you know that's a little risky of them showing something that maybe you are not that great about, it, it's real. And that's what, what students want to see. A lot of um, you know higher ed administrators and you know people in communications and marketing might say, "Look, you know, John, I've got the tennis team's got an account. The uh, you know everything from the, the the maintenance department might have an account for getting out information. Like, there's so many different. How do I get my arms around it and corral all these different you know accounts? So it it there are some kind of standards for our brand." That's a big one, um, and that requires buy-in from people at the highest level. You you need you need somebody at a VP level that says this is what's going to happen. Because as social media manager, I don't have the authority to walk into a dean's office and say no, you can't have that. I need the backing of leadership to say, hey, look, I know you want this, and this account sounds really important to you, but we're not going to do this. Um, mainly because every single account, whether they have five followers or 500,000 followers represents your university and has the equal potential of being a liability to your university. Um, you know, not every single person running these accounts has any social media training at all. It's from student workers who some do a great job, some not so much grad assistants. You've got administrative assistants who want that's not their job. I'm sorry. I love administrative assistants. I'm going to vouch for them. Like they've got way more on their hands and way more to do than run social media. Um, so whoever you have doing it needs to have the training and support to do it well, because it can hurt your brand. Like you've got all of these accounts and, and you know, some of them don't follow your brand standards. You know, they've got the mm -hmm. the wrong shade of your school colors. They've got, you know, what one thing we run into all the time is, is you know, we're the UCA Bears and one of our, our uh, logos is the bear paw. And people will use, we've got the official bear paw. We want you to use that one and not something that you found off of Canva that is completely off brand. Uh, so we've got to have that training and support for all of that. Mm -hmm. And also the, the backing to be able to say no and trim, trim down because less is better. Um, one thing that happens a lot, you know, people ask me and they say like, well, if, how, how will people find out about our event or our program if we don't have a Facebook page? And my response is always, well, how are they going to find out about the Facebook page? Yeah. Really, if you want people to see it, instead of creating a new account, work with me as the, the, the social media manager for the university and I'll get that out. If it's not on the main account, maybe one of the larger accounts, maybe this fits really well for a larger college of business account rather than create something small and new, uh, that might be the better avenue for it. Or the alumni account or the you know admissions account, where, where, where does it fit best? Right, so, so managing, uh, managing up and educating you know, our, our 
some of our colleagues in uh, the administrative level, I think is huge. And then education and training across some of the departments always helps out uh, quite a bit. Um, and I think it'll just help everybody um, distribute better information. Um, I love that you said the Facebook page because it's not like you just create a Facebook page and then everybody can follow it and stuff like that. Um, you've got to like take time and drive people to that page. And that's a whole nother like creative way to do that. And I've like the uh, digital media uh, specialists in, in the university can definitely help with that. Um, I'm curious um, with uh, in, what kind of content seems to be working for you guys. What are some, what are some really good uh, things or campaigns that you've had? Right now, everything's kind of up in the air. My content calendar, I've even told my bosses, like, we're playing it day by day now because we just <laughs> don't know uh, what's coming up, what's next, what's around the corner. Uh, and I don't want to put too much effort into something that we're just going to have to scrap um, qu quickly. So um, talk about in the before times a little bit. Um, some of the things that I, I, I've seen that, that work really well. It just depends on, on the goal. I'm really proud of our Giphy channel at uh, the University of Central Arkansas. One thing uh, oh, we, used, we created a series of branded GIFs for the university. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram and Snapchat and uh, Twitter and, and, and Facebook as well. You can search get reaction GIFs or GIF stickers right, to add to your content. So you, we've all seen these, you know, somebody, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the famous, you know, head, somebody slamming their head yeah. on a desk repeatedly over and over. And, um, you know, we were using GIFs a lot that were kind of pop culture based, things from The Office, um, you know, Jurassic Park, things like that, um, in reaction to students, when students would get accepted, you know, a good thumbs up GIF or something like that. And I realized, well, you know what, we're not promoting the brand here, we're promoting whatever pop culture icon is in this GIF. Um, so why don't we see what we can do and create some that are UCA centric. And so the mm -hmm. first thing we did is we got the uh, mascot in, in the uh, photo studio and took some quick video of him just doing various emotions. I just had like flashcards of emoji on them. It's like, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me happy, sad, angry. Um, and really quickly, this was an afternoon of work for, for our videographer. Uh, I mean, not even an afternoon for him. It was like an hour of, of just in the studio. And then he gave me the raw footage and I just uploaded them to Giphy and selected the little three seconds snippets and made them loop. And um, when we, uh, we got our Giphy channel verified, so it shows up in search. So if you search UCA Bears, if you, and you're, you get on Twitter and look in the GIF search menu, all of those come up. So one, we can use them in those reactions. So the student who says, oh, I just got accepted, gets a thumbs up from the mascot, um, which is real personable and, 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 mm -hmm. and it keeps it as a brand. And then they share it and they share our brand rather than, you know, Michael Scott from The Office. Mm -hmm. uh, and that that was really successful. And then students, we let students know that they were there and they started using it on their personal accounts as well. Um, this quickly became so popular that uh, we polled students about what gifts they'd like to see and they all wanted gifts from our president. 
So we mm-hmm. uh, called the president into our office and asked him mm-hmm. if he would uh, participate. And he was more than willing to do so. He was really excited about it. So we have gifts from the president. So imagine this, you know, uh, our uh, summer commencement is next week and we have, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, students will be sharing, you know, I just graduated and they're going to get a gift of our president wearing a cap and gown saying, you know, that says congratulations. Like what, what a great moment that is. You know, um, you know, for for me, my only interaction when I was in college with our university president was he was the guy that served yeah. Thanksgiving dinner in the cafeteria. Like that was it. Um, but now he's a, your your president can be a very visual uh, entity on your campus through social. Yeah, huh? That's interesting. Is there any other Giffy's kind of, that's, that's something that I wasn't expecting. Is there any kind of like un, other underrated or any other um, campaigns and stuff that you could think about that would be, um, that would be good for, uh, for, for social media managers out there? Well, you know, um, since, since the theme of the show is fundraising, let's talk about day, giving days, right? Yeah. Um, social is such a gigantic factor on, on giving days leading up to it and afterwards um you know we use those gifts on giving days we have very specific ones that when somebody says i just donated to the university they get a customized thank you uh gif uh right there uh and that that's that's just good stewardship you know of of making somebody they took the time to make the donation to to share about it so having that extra touch point, giving them that that good feeling that we're paying attention, uh, we're appreciative, and something that is uh, one thing with Giphy, it's really easy to add text to your gifts on the fly. So you know what I'll do is if let's say you know I, I see you, Alex, you know share on Twitter, I'm like I can add the text, thanks, Alex, to the GIF, and that quick touch point. It takes me about. 30 seconds to a minute to do that. Like mm-hmm. how, but that level of personalization and impact is so much greater than, than, than the 30 seconds of work. Right. Um, so that's really helpful as well. What tips could you give to social media managers, I guess, um, that you've learned in the past, maybe three, four months that, you know, that is really helpful in terms of the, some of the, you know, probably, I don't want to say, I guess they've been emergencies or, you know, the, the, um, the crises that have happened in, uh, kind of in the broader landscape of the country. So what are some like, just things you've learned, like something that's coming to mind for me is just like, you always have, can, can take a moment take a deep breath before you kind of get post something or react to something you always want to be uh, proactive rather than reactive. So is there any kind of like tips as far as, you know, um, kind of managing these situations, um, if they do arise again? So first take breaks, <laughs> like step away, like yeah. long-term crisis. We've been in crisis calm mode for four months plus now. So like if you need to step away, step away from, from time to time. Cause, cause I, I have a feeling just Prior to the pandemic, I was preparing for a rough fall semester just because of the election and, and some of the right. things that are going to happen or protests that may come up on our campuses. Uh, 2016 was really rough. So if that's any model, like let's prepare for that. Um, so 
you know, kind of brace yourself and be willing to, you know, step back from time to time because in a long-term crisis, burnout can happen really quickly. You don't, you, you, you need to take care of yourself so you can take care of your university. <laughs> um, on top of that, having an open line of communication of leadership is incredibly important. You, you know, we we're just, just, just talking about campaigns. Like, what are we planning for the fall? Well, we need to know what conversations leadership is having so we can kind of plan our campaigns around that or, or possibly even know like, okay, I have content scheduled today. I need to know if leadership wants me to post something about COVID-19 later today because I need to scrap that. Like I need to, I need to know what they're thinking and what, what, what's being planned so I can be sure that the tone of our uh, content is matches that, that we're not sharing something that says, oh, we can't wait to have students back on campus in the morning, only to find out that that evening we're switching to remote, right? So we need to be, be kind of on the same page as that so we're not contradicting the voice of the university. Um, also, on top of that, I'd say the biggest tip is when you know something's coming up, I think as social media managers, we've learned to anticipate what sort of questions that we're going to get. And we have to be, a good social media manager is very cognizant and, and respectful of the fact that we wield the voice of the university and we don't play fast and loose with that. Right. Mm. So if it's yeah. a, um, if, if something major is coming up, you know, we, when you hire a social media manager, you need somebody that you can trust without overseeing constantly because messages have to go out all the time. I, I need the autonomy to be able to post certain things, but if something is major, I, I feel it's my responsibility to let the higher ups know and, and get certain things approved before that, that goes out. Sure, COVID-19, sure. anything COVID-19 related goes through my supervisors before it gets posted. Uh, in general, even if it's a request, like the president wants you to post this. Okay. Here's the wording I'm, I'm going to use. Are you okay with this? Mm -hmm. um, that's really important, but we also know how to anticipate questions. So what I will, I will do when I know something is coming down the pipes is create a talking points document of like, okay, these are the questions I think I'm going to get. Here are the answers that I would provide if we got those questions. And then send that up the chain. Are you okay with these answers beforehand? Or I don't have the answer to this question that I think I'm going to get. What is the proper response? When you say um, question, you mean... Um question uh through like um the social media channel like yes uh, okay, so, so example so a comment in, right Somebody moving days think. are coming up right uh for those of us who are still having in-person classes and our res halls are still open uh so if we're posting information about move-in day i can already anticipate certain questions i'm going to get from parents and students about that so right. what what are good what are the answers to those questions going to be? right yeah. right because uh, one, we don't always cover them in in, in our communications, and I, you know, I don't have as a social media yeah. manager, I don't have control over everything, right? You know, it's mm -hmm. not my job to write the the you know, the the content that's going up on the website, uh, sure. uh, COVID related, you know, but it's my job to share that on social media in a way that is effective. Mm -hmm. It's my, that's accessible, you know, you know, that's mm -hmm. another issue and to monitor and reply to comments. So um, being a part of that conversation and being able to anticipate those questions uh, is really important. Interesting. Um, 
yeah, I wanted to circle back on the, um, I guess the fundraising side. Is there anything, I guess, so you obviously are involved in, in, uh, giving days and stuff like that. Are there any tips out there that you can give to, you know, folks start, uh, starting the day, day of giving or whether it be days of giving or crowdfunding or anything like that, campaigns like that, working with the fundraising office? Um, that's excellent. Cause actually just a couple of years ago, our office got moved in under advancement. So, oh, uh, it's been a bit, a little bit of a learning curve of, okay, you know, understanding the needs of advancement and, and how it pertains to social and also kind of under, going back and forth of with advancement of, okay, well, this is what we can do from the main page and this is what we can't because we have such a broad sure. audience that if we're constantly sending out giving messages, Asking people are going to tune yeah. out to the main page and you're going to see diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. um, what I like to say from, from the main university account, every post is an advancement post. Every post is yeah. an admissions post. Like that, that, that beautiful sunrise campus shot, that it serves both, both, you know, advancement and admissions, student services. It, it does, does all of it. When we talk about the cool things our students are doing and the events that we have on campus, that helps advancement, that helps admissions. Just because it, it's not give money now doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's not a give money now post, right? Sure. Um, so, so there's that. Um, thinking about days of giving is, you know, the sooner you start, the sooner you start thinking about it, the better. Um, don't neglect paid social media, um, especially for targeting, right? Mm -hmm. um, because we can, you know, especially around, around giving, right? We can directly target alumni. We can import our mailing list of, of you know, people who have previously donated and that show up in their Facebook feed and no one else doesn't have message that's targeting of like, Hey, we know you're connected to the university, you know, and, and tailor our craft, our, our messaging around that. Uh, and it, it's one, it's um, bang for the buck. You just, you mm -hmm. just can't beat it. All right. Um, right. And, and two, um, you can measure your ROI on it. Right. So mm -hmm. you can, you can, you get so much data back of was this successful or not and, and, and go up against it. So, um, I think that's really important for fundraising offices to consider is that the value of paid social over mm -hmm. than just trying to do organic constantly, um, you know, just a, a limited budget there can, can pay off just dividends. Yeah. I, I want to underline that, that point that you had that I think you, you know, higher ed offices and, and the, you know, everybody uh, in general um, for their brands, you want to be very strategic about when you ask for money. I think it's, you, if you, if you're asking for money on social a lot, I think it can be uh, damaging to some of the information that you're trying to get out there. So yes, to your point, absolutely. You've got to be very, very strategic about when you're um, actually going to ask for money because, and hopefully you've been giving value there. That's the whole point. I think a lot about of social media, you've been giving you, you're a resource. You're in this person's kind of ecosystem in their social media feed because you're giving good value. You, whether it be something as corny as a sunset over campus or, you know, there's a lot of alums that are interested in what's happening um, post COVID-19 with the campus. 
um, how, you know, they're interested in, in how the college is going to continue to operate. Um, so, you know, things like the dorms opening up, even though it's seen by an alum, they might be like, oh, that's interesting. You know, so, um, so yeah, I think I want to totally uh, piggyback on what you said there. I think that's very important. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. I've got some other questions to ask you, but. <laughs> that's my, yeah. my, you know, being in social media, losing my train of thought is part of the job. Uh, yeah. There's so many alerts and things going on all the time. You know, at least once every 30 minutes, I ask myself, what was I just doing? <laughs> so that's another thing to be cognizant of social media managers is we have jobs that are just filled with to the brim with distraction. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us have to work very hard to limit some of that distraction so we can have focused time because, you know, depending on the size of your school, your social teams generally going to be pretty small. Even the biggest schools, their social teams are really small. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, like a team of one, I'm doing strategy. I'm building a lot of the content. You know, I'm doing that, the education and training of other folks on campus. Yeah. I'm answering all of the questions that come into the Facebook page. So, Finding that that time for like deep focus work is can be really difficult. <laughs> so what do you do when you're unplugged? I'm I'm just curious. Do you go and like like just turn everything off, go into a retreat mode, and um, like what are some tips that you could even offer like some of the social media managers out there that are like ways to just unplug so they can when they go back in to you know Hootsuite or wherever they can they can be sharp and focused. Um, I would love to hear an answer to that. Uh, because, well, so some, some of us like, no one is in social media who doesn't really love it. And, and, and if you don't really love it, you, you need to start looking for another career because one, mm -hmm. it can be really brutal at times. Um, it, it, that, the, it's got high highs and low lows. Um, and so a lot of the people that work in social media social media is their escape from their work too. Sure. Like there are communities and online communities that I'm a part of that, you know, like my personal Twitter account, like the, and the people that interact with me, like that's a way of, of kind of unloading some of that pressure a little bit, mm -hmm. knowing that other people are going through that same struggle. So that can be a little tricky. Um, I do use, you know, like I've got a do not disturb mode on my phone that goes off at, at, at eight o'clock every night. I, I stop getting alerts. Uh, I've got a, you can set little exceptions on that. So if the school catches fire, like my phone will light up, but for like little questions with at, you know, if a, if a, a parent wants to know at, you know, 11, uh, 11 PM, you know, what tuition cost is like something that they could Google. Like I don't get that alert. Like I can, check that that can there's a reasonable line of expectation i think there's you know some I, i'm guilty of my, myself saying social never sleeps but there are certain things it's like hey there's a reasonable expectation that getting back to you if you send us a message at 11 p.m me getting back to you when i get to the office the next day that's all right you know yeah oh, totally. um so uh there's that uh, i have a three-year-old so that, that kind of helps out a lot. Like I think before I had a bad problem of constantly checking the school's accounts uh, beforehand. Um, but now like he won't let me like, this is like, he demands so much attention. So that that's actually helped out in the balance a lot, but I wouldn't have a three-year-old. I wouldn't have a kid just to do that. <laughs> like that wouldn't be my recommendation. <laughs> so much work. 
wonderful, uh, but, uh, but yeah. You know, I'm interested um, with that. Uh, you know, the three-year-old, I'm, you know, we're uh, lucky enough to be, we're expecting in August here. And, you know, what are some tips with the uh, screen and the, the you know, uh, kids that you're ha- that you that you can see right now, like having a three year old. Um, how are you kind of balancing the the screens that he might be seeing with um, you know his development and all that stuff? Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about screen time, and we do try to limit to it because one that they take to it so quickly, and once they do it, they don't want to let it go. It's such an engaging tool, oh, but. You know, there, there's a, also another part of me that feels I want to teach him how to use it responsibly because we are, right. he's going to grow into a world where he is surrounded by screens. Um, and and so a, I, like the faculty, when you were a faculty member, you were saying, right. Um, and for the students to learn this, honestly, I like him on the iPad a lot more than I do in front of a TV um, because he is doing some interaction as long as we know what, what he's doing, you know, like we've got educational games on, we've got a, a, a Kindle for kids. That's got, you know, we can control the limits really well. And, um, I, 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 I'd rather him do that than TV, um, most of the time, but just like TV, like everything in moderation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my biggest concern is my personal screen use and how it has an effect on him. Like, hmm. I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I think one of the occupations. You, you, you want to be present. Right. The, I think one of the occupational hazards of being social, a social media manager. Um, hmm. I, and there are, are many. And I think that's something that we need to be more open with and, and talk about um, is, you know, a decreasing attention span and an addiction to your phone. Hmm. Um, be, because you want, you one, you feel the need to be on all the time. And that kind of puts you on all the time. Um, and then I would even say, you know, there is a risk of, of PTSD with social media managers where we are constantly seeing content that might be disturbing or triggering um, in crisis comms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I ran crisis comms during uh, Hurricane Harvey for, for TxDOT. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said that that was the first social media national disaster. You know, uh, during Hurricane Katrina, you know, people didn't have iPhones you know, in here, you know, during uh, Hurricane Harvey, people were tweeting all, you know, FEMA, they were tweeting uh, mm-hmm. us at TxDOT with actual crisis questions of like, this road is closed. Where do I go? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and to be the person behind that, um, it, I think it's a, it's a, you're a digital first responder in many ways. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, That's an interesting phrase. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, people kind of think that because you're behind the screen, you're not really getting that, that trauma, but it, it can be just as traumatic as sure. actually being there in person when you're you know, seeing a video of something that's traumatic sure. or, um, or one, one thing I say is from brand accounts, from the university account, we always speak as we, you know, we do this, we do this, but when there's criticism, it's always directed you. You need to do better. You need to do this. And even though we, we work very hard to separate our personal selves from the accounts that we represent, seeing that day in and day out has an effect on a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, because we and I, I manage my the, the, the social media feeds for my current organization, 
because we, um, I think, are in the apps, you know, and the apps are so closely tied to our personal accounts, you know, the apps definitely, you know, it's like controlling a, a knife, so to speak. Like, I feel like it's like, you know, there, um, I'm working to try to be, to uh, produce the content rather than be a consumer of the content to be a producer rather than a consumer. And, but it's hard, you know, those yeah. apps know you, they said there's an algorithm figured, you know, they figured it out and they, they want you to spend, it's a business plan, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Well, Instagram's part of Facebook, TikTok. you know, they are, it's a business plan. Somebody said when right. you're, when you download that app, you're not, it's free, but they're getting something out of it too. So, um, and they're figuring you out. And yeah. so they want to keep you in, in, in app so long. So it's, it's tough. You have to be in control. It's very, it's right. It's not easy. Well, sure. and it's one of those things too, where I think being a consumer is part of being the creator, you know, I, I said, yeah. you know, a master's degree is in literature and I, I did a lot in, in creative writing as well. And, and one of my, my, my mentors in grad school, you know, in, in any creative writing teacher will tell you like the best writers are the best readers. And I yeah. think it's the same way with social media managers is, is there's a certain element of social media consumption that you have to sure. do to understand how the platform works, what works on the platform and what, yes. what, you know, people, what consumers look for in the platform in order to, to create for them. Um, and it helps you kind of speak the language of, of those platforms. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky issue of balance. And like you said, the goal of those platforms is to suck you in. Um, and it's very easy when you do, you know, you have to, to use your personal Facebook in order to use your brand's Facebook, right? It's, yeah. They're connected, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, unless you create a dummy account, which is against the terms of service and it's very dangerous. And I would not recommend doing because you can lose access to your account. Don't do that. Um, but it's still, it's that, ah, like every day I'm, I'm in Facebook and I'm seeing that and it's easy for me as, as professional as I am, as much self-control as I want. These are machines that know how to break your self-control. Like, yeah. I oh, there's on the side of my, you know, out, out of the corner of my eye, I see the story that like, I really want to read that. <laughs> like, oh, I'm at work. I need to work. Focus on this, right? Um, I, you, you'd have to have like the focus of a Zen master not to <laughs> not get distracted throughout your day. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's absolutely right. Where do you, I'm just curious. Where do you see it? Uh, going, you know, I, I sometimes I think about you know twenty years when my you know sons in uh, college, what you know, not just higher ed, but what do these social apps look like? You know, what is what is this? Um, what do you what do you think you see? Uh, I don't see them going away anytime soon. As, sure. as much as, as as we say we don't like certain aspects of them, um, and you know things need to be limited or controlled. That's true, but I think there's always going we, we open the Pandora's box here. Like it's one, it's too useful to our personal lives in a way. Like, um, and so it's not going to go anywhere, anywhere. Um, I think we'll see them get a little bit more personalized. One thing I do see is less open social, like public social and more closed accounts. Um, you know, Snapchat's kind of starting to, to fade a little bit, but I think we're starting to see more of peer to peer, networks where it's much more controlled where i'm talking to a very limited uh, number of friends 
rather than mm. just putting out a blast to a whole lot of people, uh, mm. which can be a little difficult for marketers and us on campus who are doing social listening and want to hear what people are saying about our brands. Mm -hmm. um, but I, th I think we're starting to see more um, insular, especially as students in high school. One thing I've noticed is whenever I talk to students, is, especially I've noticed here in Arkansas, is, is they've really been drilled into them. Be careful what you say on social. Social can ruin your life. They're they're just told like the um, I, I, the the negative side of social. Like if you post this, you'll never get a job. If you do this, colleges are looking at, at your accounts and they'll never you know do that, which has scared them into posting the positive stuff. Right, mm -hmm. um, and I think it goes back to what I was saying about being an educator earlier. We we can't just be know about these platforms. We have to teach them how to use them responsibly and use them in ways that will benefit them. Mm -hmm. Like my personal Twitter account has led to so much good stuff for me. It's led to job offers. It's led. I got to go go speak in in a at a conference in Buenos Aires, free, right. <laughs> Uh, because of, of somebody who's following my Twitter account that thought I would uh, be a good speaker there, right? Yeah. Um, so teaching teaching students to use these platforms in ways that are beneficial to them, I think it's going to be really important in the future and, and, and for their long-term success. The students, not the platforms. Yeah, yeah, and, not, and, and education, not on just the possible negative outcomes, but um, what you can post and be, uh, be positive outcomes for you. Um, and I like the way that you challenged yourself when we started this conversation, you're like, I'm just going to post every day for a year as kind of a challenge and look in where it's led, you know, some of the, um, some of the opportunities that you said that you were, you were getting because of it. And I think obviously, as I said, I'll echo what I said earlier, it's been, um, you know, one of the things I check is what, one of the things that you posted because it's, it brings value it kind of lets you know that you're not alone. And, um, you know, I think there's, there's just, you just echo, you usually strike a chord, <laughs> whether it be, uh, you know, frustration with a particular, like, you know, app, a segment of an app or, you know, um, you know, things, conversations that a lot of us have with upper level management about the social media accounts. I think, um, it's been, it's been good. 